not yet. And the time is nearly up. If only he does not... Ah, there he is. Come in. There's no one here. I found a note from you at home. What does this mean? It is absolutely necessary that I should have a talk with you. Really? And is it absolutely necessary that it should be here? It's impossible where I live. There's no private entrance to my rooms. Come in. We are quite alone. The maid is asleep and the helmers are at the dance upstairs. Now, Nils, let us have a talk. Can we two have anything to talk about? We have a great deal to talk about. I shouldn't have thought so. No. You have never properly understood me. <laughs> was there anything else to understand except what was obvious to all the world? A heartless woman jilts a man when a more lucrative chance turns up? Do you believe I am as absolutely heartless as all that? And do you believe that I did it with a light heart? Nils, did you really think that? If it were as you say, why did you write to me as you did at the time? I could do nothing else. As I had to break with you... It was my duty to put an end to all that you felt for me. So, that was it. And all this, only for the sake of money? You must not forget that I had a helpless mother and two little brothers. We couldn't wait for you, Nils. Your prospects seemed hopeless then. When I lost you, it was as if all the solid ground went from under my feet. Look at me now. I am a shipwrecked man clinging to a bit of wreckage. But help may be near. It was near. But then you came and stood in my way. Unintentionally, Nils. It was only today that I learned it was your place I was going to take in the bank. I believe you, if you say so. But now that you know it, are you not going to give it up to me? No because that would not benefit you in the least. I have learned to act prudently. Life and hard-bitten necessity have taught me that. And life has taught me not to believe in fine speeches. Then life has taught you something very reasonable. But deeds you must believe in. What do you mean by that? You said you were like a shipwrecked man, clinging to some wreckage. Well, I'm like a shipwrecked woman clinging to some wreckage. No one to mourn for. No one to care for. Nils, how would it be if we two shipwrecked people could join forces? Christine, I... What do you suppose brought me to town? Do you mean that you gave me a thought? I could not endure life without work. All my life, as long as I can remember, I have worked. And it has been my greatest and only pleasure. But now I'm quite alone in the world. My life is so dreadfully empty and I feel so forsaken. There is not the least pleasure in working for oneself. Nils, give me someone and something to work for. I don't trust that. It is nothing but a woman's overstrained sense of generosity that prompts you to make such an offer of yourself. 
Have you ever noticed anything of the sort in me? Could you really do it? Tell me, do you know all about my past life? And do you know what they think of me here? Yes. You seemed to me to imply that with me you might have been quite another man. I am certain of it. Is it too late now? Christine, are you saying this deliberately? Yes, I'm sure you are. I see it in your face. Have you really the courage, then? I want to be a mother to someone, and your children need a mother. We do need each other, Nils. I have faith in your real character. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Now I shall find a way to clear myself in the eyes of the world. Ah, but I forgot... Hush! The Tarantella! Go! Go! Why? What is it? Do you hear them up there? When that is over, we may expect them back. Yes, yes. I will go. But it is all no use. Of course, you are not aware of what steps I have taken in the matter of the helmet. Yes, I know all about that. And in spite of that, you have the courage to... I understand very well to what lengths a man like you might be driven by despair. If I could only undo what I've done. You cannot. Your letter is lying in the letterbox now. Is that what it all means? That you want to save your friend at any cost? Tell me frankly, is that it? Nils, a woman who has once sold herself for another's sake doesn't do it a second time. I will ask for my letter back. I will wait here until Helmer comes. I will tell him that he must give me my letter back, that it only concerns my dismissal, that, that he is not to read it. No. Nils, you must not recall your letter. But tell me. Wasn't it for that very purpose that you asked me to meet you here? In my first moment of fright, it was. But 24 hours have elapsed since then, and in that time, I have witnessed incredible things in this house. Helmer must know all about it. This unhappy secret must be disclosed. They must have a complete understanding between them, which is impossible with all this concealment and falsehood going on. Very well if you will take the responsibility. But there is one thing I can do in any case, and I shall do it at once. You must be quick and go. The dance is over. We are not safe a moment longer. I will wait for you below. I have never had such an amazing piece of good fortune in my life. What a difference. What a difference. Someone to work for and live for. A home to bring comfort into. That I will do, indeed. I wish they would be quick and come. Ah, here they are now. I must put on my things. No, 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 don't take me in. I want to go upstairs again. I don't want to leave so early. Please, Torvald dear, please, please, only an hour more. Not a single minute, my sweet Nora. You know that was our agreement. Come along into the room. You're catching a cold standing there. Good evening. Christine! You're here. So late, Mrs Lind. Yes. You must excuse me. I was so anxious to see Nora in her dress. Yes, yes, take a good look at her. I think she's worth looking at. 
Isn't she charming, Mrs. Lynde? Doesn't she look remarkably pretty? Everyone thought so at the dance. But she is terribly self-willed, this sweet little person. What are we to do with her? You will hardly believe that I almost had to bring her away by force. Torvald, you will repent not having let me stay, even if it were only for half an hour. Listen to her, Mrs. Lynde. <laughs> she had danced her tarantella, and it had been a tremendous success, as it deserved. Although, possibly the performance was a trifle too realistic. A little more so, I mean, than was strictly compatible with the limitations of art. But never mind about that. The chief thing is, she had made a success. She had made a tremendous success. Do you think I was going to let her remain there after that and spoil the effect? No, indeed. I took my charming little Capri maiden, my <laughs> capricious little Capri maiden, I should say, <laughs> on my arm, took one quick turn around the room, a curtsy on either side, and as they say in novels, the beautiful apparition disappeared. An exit ought always to be effective, Mrs Lynde, but that is what I cannot make Nora understand. Whew. This room is hot. Hello, it's all dark in here. Well, I have had a talk with him. Nora, you must tell your husband all about it. I knew it. You have nothing to be afraid of as far as Krogstad is concerned. But you must tell him. I won't tell him. Then the letter will. Thank you, Christine. Now I know what I must do. Hush! Well, Mrs Lynde, have you admired her? Yes, and now I will say good night. What? Already? Is this yours, this knitting? Yes, thank you. I had very nearly forgotten it. So you knit? Of course. Do you know you ought to embroider? Really? Why? Yes, it's far more becoming. Let me show you. You hold the embroidery thus in your left hand and then you use the needle with your right, you know, like, like this, with a, a long, easy sweep. Do you see? Yes. Perhaps... But in the case of knitting, that can never be anything but ungraceful. I mean, look here, the arms close together, the knitting needles going up and down. That was really excellent champagne they gave us. Well... Good night, Nora, and don't be so self-willed anymore. That's right, Mrs Lynde. Good night, Mr Helmer. Good night, good night. Hope you get home all right. Ah, at last we've got rid of her. She's a frightful bore, that woman. Aren't you very tired? Talking? No, not in the least. On the contrary, I feel extraordinarily lively. And you? You really look both tired and sleepy. Yes, I... I am very tired. I want to go to sleep there, at once. There, you see, it was quite right of me not to let you stay there any longer. Everything you do is quite right, Torvald. Now my little Skylark is speaking reasonably. Did you notice what good spirits rank was in this evening? Really? Was she? I didn't speak to her at all. And I very little... But I have not for a long time seen her in such good form. It is delightful to be at home by ourselves again. 
to be all alone with you, you fascinating, charming little darling. Don't look at me like that, Torvald. Why shouldn't I look at my dearest treasure, at all the beauty that is mine, all my very own? You mustn't say things like that to me tonight. You've still got the Tarantella in your blood, I see. It makes you more captivating than ever. Listen, the guests are beginning to go now. Nora, soon the whole house will be quiet. Yes, my own darling Nora. Do you know, when I am out at a party with you like this, why I speak so little to you, keep away from you, and only send a stolen glance in your direction now and then? Do you know why I do that? It is because I make myself believe that we are secretly in love that you are my secretly promised bride and that no one suspects there is anything between us. And when we are leaving and I'm putting the shawl over your beautiful young shoulders on your lovely neck, then I imagine that you are my young bride and that we have just come from the wedding and I am bringing you home for the first time, to be alone with you for the first time, quite alone with my shy little darling. All this evening I have longed for nothing but you. When I watched the seductive figures of the Tarantella, my blood was on fire. I could endure it no longer. Go and that away, is why Donald. I brought you down so you early. You must let me go. I won't. What's that? You're joking, my little Nora. You won't. You won't. Am I not your husband? Who is it? It is I. May I come in for a moment? Oh, what does she want now? Wait a minute. Um, that's kind of you not to pass by our door. I thought I heard your voice, and I felt as if I should look in. Ah, yes, these dear familiar rooms. You are very happy and cosy in here, you two. Seems to me that you looked after yourself pretty well upstairs, too. Excellently. And why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't one enjoy everything in this world? At any rate, as much as one can, and as long as one can. The wine was capital. Especially the champagne. So you noticed that too. <laughs> it is almost incredible how much I managed to put away. Torvald drank a great deal of champagne tonight too. Did he? Yes. And he is always in such good spirits afterwards. Ah, well, why should one not enjoy a merry evening after a well-spent day? Well spent? I'm afraid I can't take credit for that. But I can, you know. Dr. Rank, you must have been occupied with some scientific investigation today. Exactly. <laughs> Just listen, little Nora talking about scientific investigation. And may I congratulate you on the result? Indeed you may. Was it favourable then? The best possible for both doctor and patient. Certainty. Certainty? Absolute certainty. So why wasn't I entitled to make a merry evening after that? Yes, you certainly were, Dr Rank. I think so too. <laughs> so long as you don't have to pay for it in the morning. Oh well, one can't have anything in this life without paying for it. Dr Rank, are you fond of fancy dress balls? Yes. If there is a lot of fine, pretty costumes. Tell me, what shall we two wear at the next? Little feather brain, are you thinking of the next already? We two. Mm. 
yes, I can tell you. You shall go as a good fairy. Yes, but what do you suggest as an appropriate costume for that? Let your wife go dressed just as she is in everyday life. That was really very prettily turned. But can't you tell us what you will be? Yes, my dear friend. I have quite made up my mind about that. The next fancy dress ball, I shall be invisible. <laughs> oh, that's a good joke. There is a big black hat. Have you ever heard of hats that make you invisible? If you put one on, no one can see you. But I'm clean forgetting what I came here for. Helmet, give me a cigar. One of the dark Havanas. With the greatest pleasure. Thank you. Let me give you a light. Thank you. And now, goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, dear old Sleep friend. Sleep well, Dr. Rank. Thank you for that wish. Wish me the same. You. Sleep well, Nora. And thanks for the light. She has drunk more than she ought. <laughs> Maybe. Torvald, what are you going to do there? I'm emptying the letterbox. It is quite full. There will be no room to put the newspaper in tomorrow morning. Are you going to work tonight? You know quite well I'm not. What is this? Uh, someone has been at the lock. At the lock? Yes, someone has. Here is a, a broken hairpin, Nora. It is one of yours. Then it must have been the children. Then you must get them out of those ways. There, at last I've got it open. Look at that, what a heap of them there are. What on earth is that? The letter. No! Torvald, no! Two cards. Of ranks. Of Dr. Ranks? They were on the top. She, she must have put them in when she went out. Is there anything written on them? There's a black cross over the name. Look there, what an uncomfortable idea. It looks as if she were announcing her own death. It is just what she is doing. What? Do you know anything about it? Has she said anything to you? Yes, she told me that when the cards came it would be her taking leave from us. She means to shut herself up and die. My poor old friend. Certainly I knew we should not have her very long with us, but so soon. And so she hides herself away like a wounded animal. If it has to happen, it is best it should be without a word, don't you think so, Torvald? She had so grown into our lives. I can't think of her as having gone out of them. She, with her sufferings and her loneliness, was like a cloudy background to our sunlit happiness. Well, perhaps it is best so, for, for her anyway. And perhaps for us too, Nora. We two are quite thrown upon each other now. My darling wife, I don't feel as if I could hold you tight enough. Do you know, Nora, I have often wished that you might be threatened by some great danger so that I might risk my life's blood and everything for your sake. Now you must read your letters, Torvald. No, no, not tonight. I want to be with you, my darling wife. With the thought of your friend's death. Uh, you are right. It has affected us both. Something... Ugly has come between us. 
the thought of the horrors of death. We must try and rid our minds of that. Until then, we will each go to our own room. Good night, Torvald. Good night, my little singing bird. Sleep sound, Nora. Now I will read my letters through. Never to see him again. Never. Never. Never to see my children again, either. Never again. Never. Never. Oh, the icy black water. The unfathomable depths. If only it were over. He has got it now. Now he is reading it. Goodbye, Torvald. And my children. Nora? What is this? Do you know what is in this letter? Yes, I know. Where are you going? You shan't save me, Torvald. True? Is this true that I read here? Horrible. No, no, it is impossible that it can be true. It is true. I have loved you above everything else in this oh, world. Oh, don't let us have any silly excuses. Miserable creature, what have you done? Let me go! You shall not suffer for my mistake. You shall not take it upon yourself. No tragic airs, please. Here you shall stay and give me an explanation. Do you understand what you have done? Answer me, do you understand what you have done? Yes. Now I am beginning to understand thoroughly. What a horrible awakening. All these eight years, she who was my joy and pride, a hypocrite, a liar, worse than a criminal. The unutterable ugliness of it all. For shame! I ought to have suspected that something of the sort would happen. I ought to have foreseen it. All your father's want of principle has come out in you. No religion, no morality, no sense of duty. How I am punished for having winked at what he did. I did it for your sake, and this is how you repay me. Now you have destroyed all my happiness. You have ruined all my future. It is horrible to think of. I am in the power of an unscrupulous man. He can do what he likes with me. Ask anything he likes of me. Give me any orders he pleases. I dare not refuse. And I must sink to such miserable depths because of a thoughtless woman. When I am out of the way, you will be free. No fine speeches, please. Your father had always plenty of those ready too. What good would it be to me if you were out of the way, as you say? Not the slightest. He can make the affair known everywhere, and if he does, I I may be falsely suspected of having been a party to your criminal action. Very likely people will think I was behind it all, that it was I who prompted you, and I have to thank you for all this. You whom I have cherished during the whole of our married life. Do you understand now what it is you have done for me? Yes. It is so incredible. I can't take it in. But we must come to some understanding. I must try and appease him some way or another. The matter must be hushed up at any cost. 
And as for you and me, it must appear as if everything between us was just as before, but naturally only in the eyes of the world. You will still remain in my house, that is a matter of course, but I shall not allow you to bring up the children. I dare not trust them to you. To think that I should be obliged to say so to one whom I have loved so dearly, and whom I still... No, that is all over. From this moment, happiness is not the question. All that concerns us is to save the remains, the fragments, the appearance. What is that? So late? Can the worst? Can he? Hide yourself, Nora. There's a letter. Yes, it is from him. You shall not have it. I will read it myself. Yes, read it. I scarcely have the courage to do it. It may mean ruin for both of us. No, I, I must know. Nora! Nora! No, no, I, I must read it once again. Yes, it is true. I am saved. Nora, I am saved. And I? You too, of course. We are both saved, both, both you and I. Look, he sends you your bond back. He says he regrets and repents that a, a happy change in his life... Oh, never mind what he says. We are saved, Nora. No one can do anything to you. Oh, Nora, Nora. No, first I must destroy these hateful things. Let me see. No, 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 I won't look at it. The whole thing shall be nothing but a bad dream to me. There. Now it doesn't exist any longer. He says that since Christmas Eve you... These must have been three dreadful days for you, Nora. I have fought a hard fight these three days. And suffered agonies and seen no way out, but... No, no. We won't call any of the horrors to mind. We will only shout with joy and keep saying it's all over, it's all over. Listen to me, Nora. You don't seem to realise that it is all over. What is this? Such a cold, set face. My poor little Nora, I quite understand. You don't feel as if you could believe that I have forgiven you. But it is true, Nora, I swear it. I have forgiven you everything. I know that what you did, you did out of love for me. That is true. You have loved me as a wife ought to love her husband. Only you had not sufficient knowledge to judge of the means you used. But do you suppose you are any the less dear to me? Because you don't understand how to act on your own responsibility? No. No. Only lean on me. I will advise you and direct you. I should not be a man if this womanly helplessness did not just give you a double attractiveness in my eyes. You must not think any more about the hard things I said in my first moment of consternation, when I thought everything was going to overwhelm me. I have forgiven you, Nora. I swear to you, I have forgiven you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Try and calm yourself and... Make your mind easy again, my frightened little singing bird. Be at rest and feel secure. I have broad wings to shelter you under. How warm and cosy our home is, Nora. Here is shelter for you. Here I will protect you, like a hunted dove that I have saved from a hawk's claws. 
I will bring peace to your poor beating heart. It will come little by little, Nora, believe me. Tomorrow morning you will look upon it all quite differently. Soon everything will be just as it was before. Very soon you won't need me to assure you that I have forgiven you. You will feel yourself the certainty that I have done so. Can you suppose I should ever think of such a thing as repudiating you or even reproaching you? You have no idea what a true man's heart is like, Nora. There is something so indescribably sweet and satisfying to a man in the knowledge that he has forgiven his wife, forgiven her freely and with all his heart. It seems as if he had made her, as it were, doubly his own. He has given her a new life, so to speak, and she has, in a way, become both wife and child to him. So you shall be for me after this, my little sacred, helpless darling. Have no anxiety about anything, Nora, only be frank and open with me, and I will serve as will and conscience both to you. Sit down here, Torvald. You and I have much to say to one another. Nora? What is this, this cold, set face? Sit down. It will take some time. I have a lot to talk over with you. You alarm me, Nora, and I don't understand you. That is just it. You don't understand me. And I have never understood you either. Before tonight. What do you mean by that? Isn't there one thing that strikes you as... Strange, in our sitting here like this. We have been married now for eight years. Does it not occur to you that this is the first time we two, you and I, husband and wife, have had a serious conversation? What do you mean by serious? <laughs> in all these eight years, uh, longer than that, from the very beginning of our acquaintance, we have never exchanged a word on any serious subject. Was it likely that I would be continually and forever telling you about worries that you could not help me to bear? I am not speaking about business matters. I say that we have never sat down in earnest together to try and get to the bottom of anything. But, dearest Nora, would it have been any good to you? That is just it. You have never understood me. I have been greatly wronged, Torvald. First by Papa and then by you. What? By us too? By us too? Who have loved you better than anyone else in the world? You have never loved me. You have only thought it pleasant to be in love with me. It is perfectly true, Torvald. When I was at home with Papa, he told me his opinion about everything, and so I had the same opinions. And if I differed from him, I concealed the fact because he would not have liked it. He called me his doll child, and he played with me just as I used to play with my dolls. And when I came to live here with you, I was simply transferred from Papa's hands into yours. You arranged everything according to your own tastes. And so I got the same tastes as you, or else I pretended to. I am really not quite sure which. I think sometimes it's one and sometimes the other. When I look back on it, it seems to me as if I have been living here 
like a poor woman, just from hand to mouth. I have existed merely to perform tricks for you, Torvald. But you would have it so. You and Papa have committed a great sin against me. It is your fault that I have made nothing of my life. How unreasonable and how ungrateful you are, Nora. Have you not been happy here? No. I have never been happy. I thought I was, but it has never really been so. No, only Mary. And you have always been so kind to me. But our home has been nothing but a playroom. I have been your doll wife, just as at home I was Papa's doll child. And here the children have been my dolls. I thought it great fun when you played with me. Just as they thought it great fun when I played with them. That is what our marriage has been, Torvald. There is some truth in what you say, exaggerated and strained as your view of it is. But the, for the future it shall be different. Playtime shall be over and lesson time shall begin. Whose lessons? Mine or the children's? Both yours and the children's, my darling Nora. Alas, Torvald. You are not the man to educate me into being a proper wife for you. And I? How am I fitted to bring up the children? Didn't you say so yourself a little while ago that you dare not trust me to bring them up? In a moment of anger. Why do you pay any heed to that? Indeed, you were perfectly right. I am not fit for the task. There is... Another task I must undertake first. I must try and educate myself. You are not the man to help me in that. I must do that for myself. And that is why I am going to leave you now. What did you say? I must stand quite alone. If I am to understand myself and everything about me. It is for that reason that I cannot remain with you any longer. I am going to go away from here now at once. I am sure Christine will take me in for You're the out night. of your mind. I won't allow it. I forbid you. It is no use forbidding me anything any longer. I will take with me what belongs to myself. I will take nothing from you either now or later. What sort of madness is this? Tomorrow, I shall go home. I mean, to my old home. It will be easiest for me to find something to do there. You blind, foolish woman. To desert your home, your husband and your children. And you don't consider what people will say. I cannot consider that at all. I only know that it is necessary for me. It's shocking. This is how you would neglect your most sacred duties. What do you consider my most sacred duties? Do I need to tell you that? 
Are they not your duties to your husband and your children? I have other duties just as sacred. That you have not. What duties could those be? Duties to myself. Before all else, you are a wife and a mother. I don't believe that any longer. I believe that before all else, I am a human being just as you are. Or at all events that I must try and become one. I know quite well, Torvald, that most people would think you right. That views of that kind are to be found in books. But I can no longer content myself with what most people say or with what is found in books. I must think over things for myself and get to understand them. You talk like a child. You don't understand the conditions of the world in which you live. No, I don't. But now I am going to try. I am going to see if I can make out who is right. The world or I. You, you are ill, Nora. You are delirious. I almost think you are... Out of your mind. I have never felt my mind so clear and certain as tonight. And it is with a clear and certain mind that you forsake your husband and your children? Yes, it is. Then there is only one possible explanation. You do not love me anymore. It gives me great pain, Torvald. For you have always been so kind to me, but I cannot help it. I do not love you any more. Can you tell me what I have done to forfeit your love? Yes, indeed I can. It was tonight when the wonderful thing did not happen. Then I saw you were not the man I had thought you were. I have waited. So patiently for eight years, for goodness knows I knew very well that wonderful things don't happen every day. Then this horrible misfortune came upon me. And then I felt quite certain that the wonderful thing was going to happen last night. When Krogstar's letter was lying out there, never for a moment did I imagine that you would consent to accept this man's conditions. I was so absolutely certain that you would say to him, publish the whole thing to the world. And when that was done, I was so absolutely certain that you would come forward and take everything upon yourself and say, I am the guilty one. Of course, I would never have accepted such a sacrifice on your part. But what would my assurances have been worth against yours? That was the wonderful thing which I hoped for and feared. And it was to prevent that, that I wanted to kill myself. I would gladly work night and day for you, Nora. Bear sorrow and want for your sake, but no man would sacrifice his honour for the one he loves. It is a thing Hundreds of thousands of women have done. Oh, you think and talk like a heedless child. Maybe. But you neither think nor talk like the man I could bind myself to. 
As soon as your fear was over, and it was not fear for what threatened me, but for what might happen to you, when the whole thing was past as far as you were concerned, it was exactly as if nothing at all had happened. Exactly as before, I was your little skylark, your doll, which you would in future treat with doubly gentle care because it was so brittle and fragile. Torvald, it was then it dawned upon me that for eight years I have been living here with a strange man and have borne him three children. Oh, I can't bear to think of it. I could tear myself into little bits. I see. I see. An abyss has opened between us. There is no denying it. But Nora, would it not be possible to fill it up? As I am now, I am no wife for you. I have it in me to become a different man. Perhaps. If your doll is taken away from you. But to part? To part from you? No, no, Nora, I can't understand that idea. That makes it all the more certain that it must be done. Nora, uh, Nora, not now. Wait until tomorrow. I cannot spend the night in a strange man's room. Goodbye, Torvald. I won't see the little ones. I know they're in better hands than mine. As I am now, I can be no use to them. But someday, Nora? Someday? How can I tell? I have no idea what is going to become of me. But you're my wife. Whatever becomes of you. Listen, Torvald. I have heard that when a wife deserts her husband's house, as I am doing now, he is legally freed from all obligations towards her. In any case, I set you free from all your obligations. You are not to feel yourself bound in the slightest way any more than I shall. There must be perfect freedom on both sides. See, here is your ring back. Give me mine. That too. That too. Here it is. That's right. Now it is all over. I have put the keys here. The maids know all about everything in this house far better than I do. Tomorrow, after I have left her, Christine will come back here and pick up my own things that I brought with me from home. I will have them sent back after me. All over. All over. Nora, shall you never think of me again? I know I shall think often of you. Of the children and... This house. Nora, can I never be anything more than a stranger to you? Ah, Torvald. The most wonderful thing of all would have to happen. Tell me what that would be. Both you and I would have to be so changed that... Oh, Torvald. I don't believe any longer in wonderful things happening. But I will believe in it. Tell me. So changed that... That our life together would be a real marriage. Goodbye.
Nora. Nora. Empty. She is gone. The most wonderful thing of all. The cast is as follows. Ella Merton as Nora, James Gilson as Torvald, Victoria Breach as Christine, Isaiah Mitchell as Krogstad, Isabella Guilano as Dr. Rank. Directed by Ben Newman, produced by Lucy Bug, and edited by Fred Baker and Chris Peston.